Well, the Cello Concerto, whatever it would have been, was elaborated at Brinkwell's, this little cottage. And so too were the string quartet, the violin sonata, and the piano quintet, which you'll hear a little bit later this afternoon. And the piano quintet is a remarkable piece. I was listening to my, my own recording of it, actually, um, <laughs> just on the way down here this morning. And it is a fantastic piece. It's a, a piece that builds and builds to a climax all the time. Elgar used to say that the most important thing about composing was to decide where your climax was going to be. And then, having decided where the climax was, then you can fill in before and after. Elgar's method of composing was actually rather interesting. He would have these ideas, which he would have jotted down in his sketchbook, ideas like <laughs> and so on, or he, a, a wonderful chord progression might occur to him. And then when he came to compose a work, he would think which bits of music he wanted to put in to the work. And this, in a funny way, is uh, not how composers are supposed to work. I mean, if you're, if you're Schoenberg, for example, Schoenberg's first string quartet, Schoenberg was very proud of the fact that all the thematic material in his string quartet, his first string quartet, was given on the first page. So before you've turned the first page of the score, that's all the material. And the whole string quartet is going to be devoted to working out that material and seeing what can be done with it. Well, that's a, an extreme example of one way of composing. Elgar is almost precisely the opposite. But the interesting thing is that he was never satisfied with his composition until he had managed to arrange bits that were different, frankly, into an order and a sequence and a particularly a harmonic order where they sounded inevitable. He always wanted to reach this feeling of inevitability. And it's, I think, one of the reasons that those of us who love Elgar do love Elgar is because we can listen to it in two different ways. We can listen to the material, which is wonderful in itself. I mean, at the, at the end of the Enigma Variations, for example, I mean, did you know that originally the Enigma Variations was a minute and a half shorter? Originally, he'd got, what had he done? I mean, he, he sort of does... And then he builds up, and then he goes round his tune twice. What does he do? several times and he has a new idea which goes and so on and then he revisits um, Nimrod so it goes and so on and then he just goes Richter and his friend August Jaeger both said to him, that's too short. 
And Elgar said, no, 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 because the key of G is exhausted. I've got to finish. I've gone round the tune twice. I've just done this. I've got to G major. No, just got to finish. And they said, well, it's, it's too short. And Elgar was very resistant about lengthening it. But then he thought of the wonderful idea. This, this particular example came into my mind because I was saying, one of the ways that we can listen to Elgar is just as a succession of wonderful ideas. And Elgar's wonderful idea at this point was that instead of going <laughs> instead of doing that, he did this. the Enigma Variations, you'll be able to tell the font because that's the moment that the organ comes in. Sort of mad Herbert Lom figure doing, um, <laughs> doing its stuff. And of course, what that marvellous sound is like with, with the organ, it's, 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 it's a very thrilling sound, what it is is a chord of E minor. And Elgar was very, very conscious of the fact that he was Edward Elgar. E, E. He never used the William, because uh, there's no note W. But there is a note E, and so he sometimes referred to himself as E, E, the octave, he would say, that that's what he was. And of course many of his pieces are in E minor, <coughs> or E major. Serenade that you're going to hear this afternoon is in E. That's the one where he can't quite decide if he's going to get into the major or the minor. E was very, very important. And I think it's very significant that Elgar, in an attempt to lengthen the Enigma Variations, thought of the wonderful idea of putting himself in. So we can listen to Elgar like that, or we can listen to the, the wonderful logical shape that Elgar ends up by, by writing, uh, by arranging things into. Billy Reid, the leader of the London Symphony Orchestra, uh, was a great friend of Elgar's. Elgar, of course, was the conductor of the London Symphony Orchestra for some years. Uh, and Billy Reid used to go to wherever Elgar was, sometimes to Brinkwell's in Sussex, and he would find that Elgar had stuck up little bits of manuscript paper round the room, and then he would ask Billy to go round, and Billy would sort of do this and play his violin round the room, and then Elgar would say, no, I don't think... And having altered the order, then Billy Reid would go round again. Fascinating, sort of a, a mosaic way of composing. Uh, so when you listen to the, to the quintet this afternoon, listen to those wonderful climaxes, but uh, j just think of the, of the care with which Elgar arranged his climaxes. 